All right, everyone, welcome to the Truth First Missions Biblical Prophecy in Light of Current Events Podcast. Biblical Prophecy in Light of Current Events Podcast. Now, uh, I want to apologize first and foremost because we haven't done an episode in a pretty long while. It's been pretty uh, busy. We do run a ministry overseas in Pakistan. We are expanding to India as we speak, so keep us in prayer for that. Uh, a lot of different ministry outreaches as well uh, in New York City, in New Jersey. That's where we're from, the tri-state area. So uh, keep us in prayer for that. Understand that it is a time where we are laboring for the Lord and sometimes doing uh, podcasts and other type of teachings online does take a lot of time away from planning these outreaches and then going to these places, preaching the gospel, um, organizing people to come with you. All these things are part of ministry. So please keep us in your prayers. Um, remember us in your prayers as well as we endeavor to bring the kingdom of God and expand his kingdom on earth before he comes back. So we're just going to continue today with episode eight in regards to the teaching of the last days. Basically, we see that Jesus himself said that in the last days, so shall it be as in the days of Noah. And we want to make sure that we understand what that is and what that entailed back in those days. Now, uh, I try my best to keep these podcasts short as well. Uh, I know everybody's attention span is a bit smaller. The window is a lot tighter, but uh, I'm going to try to do my best to get some information in that you might have not heard even in your church. No matter how long you've been going to church, you're rarely going to hear this type of information. And I'm not saying that from a place of pride, like I'm some uh, spiritual giant or something that is a... Uh, a super revelation from God, but it's in the Bible. Uh, it's a thread that runs through the Bible, like we call a scarlet thread. It runs right through the Bible throughout the Old Testament. It actually shows up more than once. And I'm talking about the giants, the Nephilim, and Genesis 6. Okay, this is something that is rarely taught in seminary or even in church because it's something that is is a strange passage. But we're going to get into that passage quickly today. But I want to go back into what we've talked about. What Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 36 through 37. This is what he said. This is Jesus Christ telling the disciples and answering the disciples basically what's going to be the signs of his coming. Matthew 24, which is the Olivet Discourse. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives. He was giving... Um, the disciples a prophecy he was letting them know what would be the signs of his coming there were more than one signs there was a couple of signs these signs usually the ones in verses 35 and 36 and 37 they get overlooked because they're towards the end of the olivet discourse okay that's the sermon on the mount of olives not the sermon on the mount but the sermon the prophetic sermon on the mount of olives don't get them confused now and he gave a lot of signs of what society would look like in his return. He gave a lot of signs. And these are signs that we should be paying attention to. We should definitely be paying attention to these things. So let me start here by reading what Jesus said, his reply to the disciples, what he said, one of his signs would be just one of them. There was many of them in the early verses. Let's see what he says. It says, but. Of that day and hour, 
no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until that, until the day that Noah entered the ark. Okay. For as in the days before the flood, so he's going back to the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Very important. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the son of man. It's going to be the same way. So the main thing is we're caught in a, in a dilemma where we have to go back to the beginning to understand what the end is going to look like. And there's nothing new under the sun, folks. There's nothing new under the sun. History is cyclical. Biblical prophecy is cyclical. It comes back around. It just comes back around in a different way. So we have to understand that if we want to understand what's going to happen at the end, let's just go to the beginning. And in Genesis, God pronounces a curse on the serpent, on the Nakash. Okay, the Nakash is the shining one on the enemy himself that her seed, which is Eve, her seed is going to crush the seed of his head. And I want to read that really quick. Let's go back to Genesis here to the beginning. Look what God has said. The Lord God says to the enemy after he tempts humanity. He tells them here. Because you've done this. This is Genesis chapter 3 verses 13 down through 14. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's let me refrain that. This is Genesis 3 chapter verses 15. It says and I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking to Satan here. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. I'm going to read that again. Verse 15 of chapter 3 in, the, in Genesis. This is the, the account of the fall of humanity. Adam and Eve fell from grace. They get kicked out of the garden. The Lord God pronounces a prophetic judgment. On the enemy and look what he says and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel now that means that the devil has seed the woman has seed too. the woman being Eve through her loins going down through history it, his, uh, Israel is born the Messiah comes from Israel out of the tribe of Judah and he is the savior of the world. He calls the nations back to the one true worship of the one true God. Now, I can't go into a lot of the in-between because we can be here for two hours. And that's not, that, that's not my goal here. I want to go through certain points that you can go back in the word of God and see the scarlet thread. It's called a scarlet thread because it goes right through the Bible. So the first prophecy ever in the Bible was given by the Lord God. Basically telling the enemy himself. That he will put an enmity between the seed of the woman and his seed. That means that the enemy has seed. Now, it's not talking about he's going to have serpentine looking people. He's not talking about that. He's talking about seed in the heart, seed in the mind, the evil, the corruption, the rebellion. That, that which was going on during the times of Noah. The thoughts of humanity were evil continually. That's what the Bible says.
This is what we're looking at here. This is what we're looking at here, folks. We want to make sure that we have this understanding in our minds and our hearts. Because just as in the days of Noah, so will it be. So will it be. As in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We have to know that. And we should know that. For our own sake, our own walk, our own discernment. Biblical prophecy, as Peter said in his first letter, it is a light shining in a dark place. It's a light shining in a dark place. That's what biblical prophecy is. So we see here in Genesis chapter 6, it says here, verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Verse 4, There were giants on the earth in those days. Some of the verses, or excuse me, some of the translations of the Bible say Nephilim, which is the fallen ones, the Nephal, the original translation in the Hebrew, the Nephal, the fallen ones, the Nephilim. There were giants, there were Nephilim on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God, all right, that's the Bena Elohim, excuse the Hebrew, but understand that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And we get the most out of it. We get the enrichment of the word of God through understanding the, some of the original language. It gives us a clear picture of what's going on. It's not to sound super intelligent. It's not to sound deep. It's not to sound uh, hyper intellectual. But when you go into the original language of the scriptures, you get a clearer context of what's going on. Because English doesn't do it justice. Hebrew is a very rich language. And it'll show you and expose to you what's going on. It's God's language. It's the language he gave the Hebrews. So we got to realize that we're not trying to talk in a way where it's academic to sound more smart. We're trying to teach you here to understand what the Bible is actually saying in this, in this verse or in these verses. So it says here, there were giants, Nephilim, on the earth in those days and also afterwards. Very important because during... The conquest during the Joshua conquest, when Moses and Joshua were commanded to go into the land and subdue it, Moses never went into the land. We know that we should know that Moses never saw the promised land. He saw it from Mount Nebo from afar. But Joshua was in charge of the children of Israel to go in city by city, tribe by tribe and clear out the promised land of Canaan. So the Israelites can themselves occupy the land now when they go in to these lands and they start warring against these tribes listen to what i'm saying here when they start warring against these tribes they find that there are giants in the land numbers 13 3 says that the children of israel were scared they were fearful because when they came back to moses after moses asked them to go spy out the land they said, we look like grasshoppers in their sight. The land swallows up its people. And the inhabitants of the lands are from the sons of Anak, the Nephilim, the giants. So the question is, were the children of Israel hallucinating, seeing a vision? Or were they actually saying, hey, we are looking at people that are abnormally big they're abnormally tall 
And you see that even with Goliath up to the times of David, when David went up against Goliath, he was a giant. It gives you his measurements. According to the description of Goliath during that narrative, he was about maybe nine feet tall, about nine feet tall, between eight and a half to nine feet tall. That even till now, even now is abnormal. The tallest, I think the tallest person was 7'4", Yao Ming, or the tallest, the tallest person ever in the Guinness Book of World Records was 7'5", or 7'6", something that you guys can look up as well. But you're talking about eight and a half feet to nine foot tall, and he wasn't a small person. He was strong, and he had armor that was very heavy. But David himself faced the giant. Went up against the giant by God's grace, chopped his head off, and we know the story after that. That was not a normal person. He was not normal. The children of Israel encountered giants in Canaan, in the promised land, before they cleared it out. These people were not normal. They had the genetic seed of the Nephilim, what we read in Genesis 4, or excuse me, Genesis 6, verses 4, down all the way through verse 6 it's really the discourse really starts from genesis 6 1 through 6 it goes all the way through six verses you can read it yourself this is this is the sons of god going into the women they look beautiful and they created a hybrid race called nephilim fallen ones and i want to read chapter 6 of genesis i'm going to read the four verses to you very quickly it says here, now it came to pass when men begot to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, the sons of God, the Ben Elohim. That is the translation of the sons of God. They saw the daughters of men that were beautiful and they took wives for themselves and all whom they chose. And this is what the Lord said. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh Yet his days shall be 120 years. He pronounced the sentence. He said, that's it. Humanity is going to live up to 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, Nephilim in some translations, and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. The sons of God came into the daughters of men, meaning they had sexual relations and they bore children. And look what it says. In the latter part of this verse, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown, men of renown. These were, these are what you call the Titans. Greek literature, Babylonian ancient literature goes into giants. There's a, there's a story called the Epic of Gilgamesh in the Babylonian text. Babylon itself had their own flood story. They had their own narrative of how the world was flooded. And it's totally different, totally different than what the scriptures laid out, the word of God. It's a contrary, it's a contrary story, contrary narrative. We have to know that because some people know that. And they, then they, what they do is they argue the word of God with you. They say, well, there's another culture, the Babylonian culture. They actually have their own account of the flood. Yes, but it's a wrong account. It's a false account because the Babylonians worshipped other gods. You see what I'm saying? So we got to realize that this is out there. This is going to be 
uh, a place of refutation for you. It's going to be a time where people can refute you because they have information at their fingertips. So you have to be, you have to understand truth. You have to be one that can dispense truth and one that understands truth. And this is the truth. I'm reading you the Bible here. The sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those who were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Now, there's other books that are available to us. They're historical books. They're called the Apocrypha. These books were written during the intertestamental time. The intertestamental time was the time of Malachi and Matthew. In between that time, Malachi and Matthew, the Bible says there was no prophetic voice. But things were happening in Israel during that time. I'm not going to go into that right now. But during that time between Malachi and Matthew, those are 400 years. They call it the silent years, the 400 silent years. They technically were not silent. A lot of things were going on. But there were historical writings. Officially, the first book of Enoch was written during the intertestamental period. The book of Jubilees. The book of Jasher. Different books were written during this time. Between those 400 years of Malachi and Matthew. And we can get some historical insight of what happened during the flood. Or before the flood. When we go into these books. This is not inspired scripture. This is not canon. So please I'm not saying that. Get what I'm saying. Understand what I'm saying. But you can still. You can still use these references, the book of Enoch, the first book of Enoch, not the second or third, but the first book of Enoch is basically something you should look into as a Christian. If you want to understand truth and during the times of Noah, what happened? A lot of people refute that, but yet the apostles, James, or excuse me, Jude and Peter quote from the book of Enoch themselves. They use some of these historical books because they read them just the way we would read a book from authors that we like. They read these books themselves for historical background. So Peter reiterates what happened in the flood. Jude reiterates what happens in the flood or what happened in the flood. And he said the angels, the angels, he's talking about angelic divine beings left their first abode, meaning they left their first creational habitat they left it they left it and they crossed over into into the terrestrial realm what we call the earth the terrestrial realm from the spiritual realm they crossed over to the terrestrial realm and they made it with women and they created the nephilim now the reason why we're going into this is because jesus himself said just as in the days of noah so as it will be before the coming of the son of man so that means that we got to understand what happened back then. Not only that there was violence on the earth. Not only that we see that man was corrupted and man was evil. All the thoughts of, of man were evil all the time. But there was a genetic intrusion into the genome and the DNA, the genome, the DNA of humanity. Because you see it run through the Old Testament as well. The giants of, of those tribes. The giant tribes of Anak, Amalek, even some of Ammon. These were tribes in the Old Testament. If you don't know your Old Testament, probably what I just said there, you probably got lost. 
So I would venture to say, read your Bible, read the Old Testament, read the conquest of Joshua, the conquest of Joshua, the war of Joshua, the holy war that Joshua went into the promised land and he had to go tribe by tribe, city by city, overthrowing these pagan societies, these pagan cities. And some of these pagan cities had giants in them. That means that these giants were left over after the flood. Now, there's a lot of conjecture, meaning there's a lot of guesswork. A lot of people have different opinions on how the giants stood around after the flood. I'm not going to go into that for the sake of time here. We're already running on 20 minutes, but I gave you a lot of information to, to read and to look into. There is going to be another genetic intrusion into humanity by fallen angels, by demonic beings that, that want to cross over again. It's going to happen again. It's in the Bible. It's right there for you. It's not hyper-spiritual. It's not conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theory. It's going to happen. So rest assured, folks, we have to get ready. I believe that mRNA, mRNA vaccinations are the beginning of that. Now, if you took the shot, don't condemn yourself. And we're not here to, to condemn you. We don't agree with any vaccine. But if you've taken the shot, the mRNA shot, don't take anything else in your body and pray that it has no effect against your body's immune system. That's all we ask you to do. We're not condemning anybody. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. And we stand on that premise, whether some like it or not. But it is an introduction to humanity of another type of technology being intruded into our genetics, into our bodies, into our bloodstream. Something happened during Noah's time that the corruption of humanity was more than just spiritual. It was also genetic. And God had to start again. The prophecy that we read earlier with Genesis 3, that seed, Satan having seed, Satan had to lay down landmines in the promised land. Understand what I'm saying here. We're going to close with this. Satan had to lay down landmines in the promised land. He had to leave tribes. He had to leave people groups that were part of the Nephilim before the conquest. Before the children of Israel came in and overtook the land. Why? Because Satan knew that God was going to have a redeem of some kind. He was going to redeem humanity. That's why he told him her seed, Eve's seed, was going to bruise his head. That head, that's a sign of authority. That's a symbol of authority. He was going to bruise his kingdom. Or excuse me, he was going to destroy his kingdom. And he was going to destroy his head. The only one that was going to be bruised was Christ on the cross. That's what it says. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to destroy your head. He's going to destroy your head. That he was talking about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, coming to destroy the works of the devil. But the devil bruising his heel, it's a symbol of the cross and how the devil thought that he was really killing the son of God. And he was getting away with the, the murder of all history. Not knowing that that was the plan. That was the redemption plan right there. The Lamb of God having to die for us. So we can be redeemed. Once we receive his sacrifice for us. If we believe. By faith. Receiving that sacrifice for us. That happened all the way in the garden. When God pronounced. 
a prophetic judgment on the enemy. He will bruise, he will, he will destroy your head, but you will bruise his heel. And he was talking about the Messiah. And this is what we see here. He's going to destroy. You, he's going to put an enmity there against her seed. That's Eve's seed. Her seed against his seed. The devil has seed. And those seeds, we, we see those seeds being planted even today. From the beginning of time, all the way through today, the devil has seed. And it's in the hearts and minds of people. And he eventually is going to do the same thing that he did during, before the flood, during the antediluvian age. I want to teach you a quick word here. The time of when Adam got kicked out of the garden to the time of the flood, that is called the antediluvian age. You got about 2,200 years of history right there. That is called the antediluvian age. The time of Adam and Eve falling from grace, getting kicked out of the garden, out of God's presence, sin being introduced to the world, death being introduced to the world, and then before the, right before the flood, before God calls Noah into the ark with him and his family, his sons and their wives. That is called the antediluvian age. So the earth is going to go back to some form society. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about eco in an ecosystem. I'm talking about climate. I'm not talking about the way the earth looked. I'm talking about people, the way people were violent, rebellious. They were hybrids. They were hybrid beings on earth at that time. Half human, half something else, half angelic. We're going to go back to that. I don't know when, but we're seeing humanity. We're seeing powerful, powerful lobbies, pharmaceutical companies and scientific, uh, scientific companies. These are powerful lobbies in the upper echelons of government trying to push government to experiment with new technologies and new vaccines. This is why you see the hysteria of all new diseases. Now it's monkeypox and now let's get a vaccine for monkeypox. Let's get another vaccine for another uh, stronger COVID strain that's going to come out because this is what's going to happen. They're going to keep they're going to keep this in the news. They're going to keep this in the news cycle on the social media platforms everywhere where you get information and you put your ears to listen to information and what's going on current events. You're going to hear about new diseases, new things happening and you having to get a vaccine. This is we're heading. We're in these times and we're heading towards the mark of the beast. It's a seed, the seed. That's why the Bible talks about the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God that can save your soul. An incorruptible seed that bears fruit and bears eternal life. Seed is the word of God. The, the Lord has seed. He has a seed of people. His seed is in people by his spirit. But the devil has that too. And he had it in the Old Testament through the giants, the giant clans, the, the tribe of Anak, the different tribes of Amalek. These were people that were very large Goliath is one of them he had five other brothers that were giants the Bible explains this directly I'm not making this up and for the sake of time I don't want to go into all these scriptures but you can look this up yourself it says that Goliath was a giant and he had five other brothers that were giants and they were eventually killed by the men the the mighty men of Israel the different ones the different captains and generals 
So we're going into the same exact thing. It's only a matter of time till it ramps up and we see it on display overtly where we can't deny it. We people can still deny it because we're not we're seeing it in a very slow at a very slow pace through the mRNA vaccine if you want to call it that. I don't think it's a vaccine, but if you want to call it that, that's that's up to you. We're seeing it with now with different uh, diseases coming out. People in, in most pharmaceutical companies and doctors and everybody in the medical field saying, hey, you should get vaccinated for this. Everything now is going to be everything now that you're going to hear about a disease or a sickness, some type of of um, pandemic coming or some some prediction of a pandemic. You're, they're going to want you to take some type of vaccination. If you've taken the COVID-19 vaccine, do not take anything else in your body. This is a plan orchestrated by the devil to infiltrate your genetics so you become more than human, something else. Jesus died for human beings. He didn't die for hybrids. And the devil knows that. If he can't infiltrate you spiritually to get saved, he'll infiltrate your genetics, your DNA. He did it in the Old Testament. He laid down landmines throughout the whole land of Canaan. And he did it in the early days of Noah. He did it with humanity there. He was trying to lay down a landmine. He said, if I can corrupt these people's genetics, if I can con corrupt people's genetics, the Messiah can't come. Eve's seed cannot come to save humanity because he knew the prophecy. This is what we're seeing again, folks. Pay attention to my words, please. I'm not speaking fairy tales and I'm not reading into the Bible what it does not say. It says ex exactly what I'm saying. It says that as in the days of Noah, so shall it be as the days of the coming of the son of man. It's going to be this way. But our job is to be discerning, understanding the times that we're living in so we can prepare we can be a light shining in a dark place. We can walk with God closely. We can hear his voice. And we can allow him to use us. A vessel fit for the master to use. This is episode 8 of the Truth First Missions Bible Prophecy Podcast. Bible prophecy and light of current events. We're living in this, folks. It's a matter of understanding it. I know you don't really hear this in your church. If you're hearing my voice and you have questions, you want to challenge what I say, please hit me up, whether it's on Messenger when I share this with you or whatever other platform I share it with you. We can go through the word of God and we can see it. I can show you it and we can take it from there. This is episode eight. I see you back on episode 9 where we discuss why most of the church does not believe this view. This is a minority view, but it's a wrong view. It makes no sense. The, the, the majority view that most of the church world has regarding what happened in Genesis 6 is not the correct view. Contextually, in context, is not the correct view. Exegetically, the original language of the Hebrew is not the correct view. The real view is that the sons of God, angelic beings, divine angelic beings, sons of God, beings that were directly created by God's hands, went into women, made it with them, 
had sexual relations and created another hybrid type of half angelic and half human being on earth before the days of the flood or before the flood during those days during the antediluvian age let's get let's let's put on our mind let's put on our thinking caps let's put on the mind of christ let's have the spirit of revelation during these times so we can know what we're looking at in front of us god bless you guys this is episode eight see you back on episode nine we're going to talk about why most of the church world does not believe this view that's literally in the bible in context it's all over it goes right through the old testament right up to the point of joshua's wars going into the promised land god bless you see you on episode nine